You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. All right, call me crazy. Seriously, call me crazy. But there is something about this Kingsman franchise and me that I don't understand. For the third time in a row, we get a Kingsman movie. I see the trailer, and I'm like, I'm no, I'm not interested. I don't want to see this movie. And then I somehow see this movie, and I end up not hating it. What is with this franchise? We're going to talk about it. Today we're talking about the Kingsman, the prequel to the other two films. Eric, how the hell are you doing? I won't call you crazy, Jordan, but I will agree with you that this entire trilogy now, ever since it's start its release from the first one in what 2014 mm-hmm. with kingman franchise i was never interested in any of these films the kingsman secret service 2014 uh, action comedy films is uh, kind of what they're bo- uh, they're based on um or with the genre off of a comic book series of the same name uh created by marvel comics or released by marvel comics excuse me right. uh but it looks like there's going to be another one coming out, Kingsman The Blue Blood, as well, 2023. So it's a popular series. And, I, and again, I agree with you. I've never been interested in any of these films, but damn it all, I, every time I watch it, I find myself having a pretty good time watching them. Well, the last time we were here, we reviewed in one of our early episodes of Movie Guys Podcast, I think it was in our first year, we reviewed The Golden Circle. Yeah, it was uh, 2017, the second uh, Kingsman. The second Kingsman we reviewed, which I like that one too. I didn't think so. That was a surprising movie. It really was, especially because you had uh, cameos. You you had what made the first movie good, and then more. More gadgets, more action, more suits. Obviously, we're in it for the fashion, right? Mm-hmm. You, no, listen, ladies go? No. All people go crazy for a sharp-dressed man, okay? Everybody does, hey, actually. You wear that suit? <laughs> Ooh. Nice three-piece. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, uh, that's why I like pinky blinders. It's like, God, I wish I was those guys. No, I mean, I, 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 and I really hope, as the franchise continues, hear me carefully on this one, um, I hope I still have the same attitude every time because I have been pleasantly surprised three times so far i go in arms folded i come out going huh my eyes never left the screen interesting well i actually had an issue with this movie this movie took a different direction i feel than the other two and it was very noticeable in in this one i the big part of it is that in the first two aside from the character changes uh, in the focus of, of that, right? Because mm-hmm. in the the first one, it's more around Colin Firth and... Eggsy. Eggsy. Uh, and uh, I was trying to think of the character's name. Agar Targaryen. To... Uh, why am I saying... Dar- D'Artagnan? I don't know. It sounds like a musketeer. That's what I'm trying to think. Anyway, <laughs> the, the, the two main characters who right. are who are in... Their, whatever their names are. And... Around them. So as an already established organization and kind of basically James Bond in the first movie, right? Absolutely. Secret Society, we're learning more about it, recruit 
kind of MIB style, the young recruit, bring him in, uh, learn him a bit more, get his feet wet, a mission here, a mission there, and that's where we're at. Right. I, I mean, like, I know a lot of people were kind of like, oh, my God, a prequel. I was one of them. This movie has been in development hell. I mean, like, what? God, we went to go see... We went to go see Bad Boys for Life, I believe, Eric, when we reviewed that before COVID was a word. And the trailers for this were out. It was supposed to come out two years ago. Oh, that's right. It was, I forgot it, about that, that it got delayed. It got delayed for like two years, and it kept on getting pushed back and pushed back. I like this idea. Now, I'm not – I just want to make it clear to everybody that's listening and to you, Eric, that I'm not going to end this review by saying, oh, my God, this is a large bag. Right now, I am praising it just because of my expectations, because that's what these movies have been doing, is these expectations of mine. But I don't dislike the idea of World War One. World War One is starting to be in vogue now. People are starting to talk about World War One. We're getting a lot of movies about World War One. I. I actually really enjoy World War One, not in that way, but just how it all started compared to World War Two. And I'm glad that we're getting movies like that. Timeline-wise, it doesn't make sense because um, Ralph Fiennes, M. Voldemort, if you will, he is just the guy who starts the Kingsman, right? Like, he is not uh, related. He's not the great-grandfather of anybody in the other two movies, right? He's just the dude that starts it. I, yes. I, okay. I guess we, we can say that. Uh, he is someone, I mean, not without influence, right? He has plenty of, of, of power, and it, it looks like he's where he wants to be as far as in the, the, the ranking mm-hmm. of uh, uh, where he is in British society. Okay. All right. I was just curious if he was related at all. Um, okay, so I will straight up. What, okay, this is what happened. One, everybody, uh, we're reviewing this later because, you know, COVID was around still, and we didn't go to theaters. So now this is on Hulu. So if you want to watch this movie, it's on Hulu. By the way, it said 2019 release delayed eight times. Can you believe that? I think I think I think COVID was like a big part of that. Um, I think this is also on HBO Max too. I watched this on Hulu. Um, I don't think that makes a difference. But I asked my wife uh, the other day before we sat. I said, "Do you want to watch the Kingsman prequel?" And she went, "Oh, that's the one with Rasputin." I was like, "What?" She's like, yes, check it out. And we watched it, and we were very uh, entertained by it. Yes, yeah, so this movie is pre-World War One, during World War One, and at the end of World War One. And it's been a few days since I've seen it. But one of the things I find interesting is <laughs> I really like the caricatures that these actors were playing. You got Ross Boot, and then who's the guy from... Africa that got assassinated that started World War One. Oh crap! It, uh, the Archduke uh, Franz Ferdinand. Franz Ferdinand. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I thought that was interesting how they started to like. <sighs> okay, so Franz Ferdinand's going to be executed, but then he's not, and then he is, and then he's not. I kind of like this play. Expe- play to my expectations. Um, I'm going over the place. Sorry. Um, <laughs> right off the bat, we get the greatest evil. Henchman, World War One lair of all time, like beats the secret volcano lair, where the villain is literally on the top of a mountain, which is just this big open grass field, the top of a mountain. The only way to get there is by being pulled in a makeshift elevator. 
That's a great idea. Don't you think? Like, nobody can attack you. I mean, yeah, it seems uh, like you're, there's no surprise, right? You're going to know. Right. I think that's great. I thought it was really cool. Kind of a surprise. But we'll get to that. Well, we'll get to that. But right now, I'm like, oh my God, this is cool. You know, we get the secret lair in this barn. There's goats everywhere. And the villain, you don't ever see his face until the end. Uh, But there's goats everywhere. So I'm thinking, are they trying to hint at that he is Satan? No, they're not doing that. Like, what's with all the goats? Just because? Well, they, they reveal it later on why all the goats. Is because, oh, they do? Yes, they do. Is because uh, a big part of it actually is because um, our our villain, all of his henchmen, he gives them a red cashmere scarf. And that cashmere can only be made from a certain type of goat, which is obviously. Oh, son of that. Really? That's why? Okay. Yeah. And I guess I'm... I missed that one. Well, I don't know if there's anything more. There might be something there for like. You know the, the 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 ultra fan who's something in the comics. I I don't know, but if there is, there is. If there isn't, then I'm sorry, but that it could be something extra there for an Easter egg for you know for the fans. But as far as I know, that's the only reason why that's there. Well, Doctor Evil and his henchmen. <laughs> I mean, it is a joke, but that's what it is. We got a bald guy. He has a long table of henchmen. He gives them all rings. Rasputin is there. Rasputin, Rasputin. And Lennon. Lennon? Was it Lennon or Marx? Who's Lennon? They're Russia. Uh, Rasputin was the Russian dude, right? Yeah, they. Uh, then he died, right? And then they brought in another one. They brought in a... Uh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm talking about the beginning, about how he gives everybody rings. Oh, yeah, but after he dies, and, I'm, I'm yeah. sure Vladimir uh, Lennon comes in and... It's right. just, you know... It's... But, but he gives everybody rings, and he's just like, hey, take these rings, you are this animal on the ring, and if you fail at the mission, here's a cyanide capsule, essentially. But then we get Ralph Fiennes and his son. Um, earlier in the film, in Africa, Ralph Fiennes, what is he? He's... Is, because, because in the beginning of the film, we get uh, Ralph Fiennes, his wife, 10-year-old son, and there's a sharpshooter in this base in Africa, uh, starts killing people, accidentally kills the wife. I don't think that was on purpose. And then eventually, um, you know, we jump forward to now. Well, my question is, wh- who is Ralph Fiennes? Is he um, a politician? Is he just a rich uh, person that is friends with all these I'm politicians? Sure, you could probably say all of the above. It looks like, um, as far as the wiki describes him as an aristocrat. Uh, obviously, someone with uh, with some money and some powerful friends, but he is on this mission or on this task in South Africa on behalf of the Red Cross. So that's why oh, he's yes, there with that's his with there, his yeah. wife and, and kid to go there uh, to meet with a general, I believe, with um, what's his name, with uh, the guy from Last Action Hero, uh, 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 the guy Tywin, with the eye, Tywin Lannister. Yeah, you know. Yeah. That guy, uh, to, to that general, and uh, for whatever reason, I don't know, to talk about, to have a picnic about something, and then they get ambushed. Um, yeah, it just seems kind of like whatever reason you want to put them there, just, and it, just and make it's, it so they could be for anything, really. 
And it's and it's very rote. I mean, like, I mean, hell, even my wife called it out. She was like, "Oh, the wife is really nice and wholesome." I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "Yeah, she's gonna die in the scene." I mean, because that's that's the whole drive. That's the whole point, right? And you know, she's you know pretty much she doesn't say these words, but uh, overall, she's just like, "Hey, uh, don't let her son grow up seeing war or something like that." And he's like, "Okay, you know, I won't." Well, yeah. Like, by, yeah, nice little foreshadow. By the way, I just want to get this off right off right off the bat. Um, we'll we'll talk about it in detail later, probably. I hate the son. I hate the son when he's a oh, grown. Oh, why do you? Uh, Conrad oh, hate, is his name. Oh, I hate Conrad so much. Well, hate, we'll, we'll go ahead and let it out talk, all out now. If you're gonna if you're gonna put the laundry out now, Jordan, just go ahead and. Oh, okay. What I don't. Line. I, what I what I don't like about Conrad is that he's that annoying son where this is a case in point. I know because I'm a father, fathers knows father knows best kind of scenario. World War One's breaking out, and Conrad has no interest in protecting her majesty or whatever. He wants to go to the front. We've seen this movie before, right? And this dad's like, No, you're not going to the front. I know what's going to happen to you. Don't go to the front. And that that was the whole arc of that character, was going to the action. Um, he quickly realizes, as soon as he gets there, I don't want to be here. <laughs> it's, it's, so I just find it very Is frustrating. That, my interpretation was, was obviously, um, I don't know, I'm not going to say obvious, but it was different from yours. Like I had gotten this thing where this character was most certainly just, shadowed the entire movie he's just wanting to obviously be um living up to the expectation of his father of uh who's who's uh merlin uh not not merlin you know but who he calls uh merlin uh shola uh dishman Hose. yes i want to talk about that actor real quick while you're talking i have seen this actor before many uh, times he's been in many different things you probably know him from the uh, from the beauty shop series i know you're a fan of those uh jordan what? Uh, the what? A beauty shop with um, Queen Latifah. Oh my God! Is that like the spinoff of Barbershop? Yes. <laughs> oh my God! No, no, no! I have, I have, I have seen this. I know where I know. The last time I saw this guy was wasn't he in the beginning of the original Guardians of the Galaxy? Yes, he was in there. He's in Gladiator. He's in Constantine. Oh, he is in Blood Gladiator. Diamond. Okay. Uh, right. I mean, geez, you know, he's he's this guy works. This guy works. Yeah, works. Yeah, he's yeah. in he's, he's in some of the Furies. He's in, he's in Fast. Uh, let me pull it up here. Fast Eight, Fast Seven. He's in Fast Seven too. Everybody's in a Fast and Furious movie. Um, okay, fine. You're nobody if you aren't. So that's that actually be... interesting Eric, that you like that you um, see. Um, Conrad's arc different than mine because I mean I mean I mean heck, well, my wife shared the same thing with me Eric I wouldn't she say was that, like she was annoyed of, by him sorry to, I'm not saying much of an arc it's it's more like he's just complete fodder this entire movie and they they make it seem remember in um those parody movies that were so popular uh remember the comebacks the sports parody movie Sure, yeah. Um, to go with me on this, because in the comebacks, um, they have a character on there uh, who is like a, you know, he's a running back, and uh, um, his name is, uh, uh, what was it, a seal tear? 
I've and, never seen the comebacks. Oh, yeah, his name's a seal tear or something like that. And the, the coach keeps him going, all right, uh, ACL tear. Is there an ACL tear here? And he, and he comes up, uh, actually, no, it's it's a seal tear, sir. It's like, okay, ACL tear over there, over there. And it's just it's horribly, funny. you know, it's stupidly funny just because of how how foreshadowed it is, you know, uh, just like what's supposed to be impending. And that's exactly what this Conrad character is, you know, uh, to, to, to have him the, the most British looking person in the entire movie to have him just basically um, used as the example and for the creation of the Kingsman just kind of seems uh, early. Like you could call it as soon as, as you get the pieces together, you know, as soon as he gets older and starts doing the knife fight, and is resistant against his dad about like, oh, I want to go into war. And it's like the Conrad completely knows that the war is vicious and knows that he completely doesn't have to go. He sees it as that he needs to go to prove not to only to himself, but to everyone around him that he doesn't need to be protected, that he is an equal. And I think that's what his expectation was, is that he wanted to do this just to, just to you know, kind of break out of out of the crib here a bit and that was his whole thing of course he's well, he, scared and he goes into the the trenches in that that shock obviously hits you're just like holy shit like this is this is real you know like and nothing more real than the trench warfare which is another thing i think it's getting popular why we're talking about world war one is just because i like 1917 uh um downton abbey uh, uh dunkirk you know like a lot of these oh no dunkirk was two uh but like a lot of the, those the trench warfare movies and stuff are coming out just because I think people are seeing how brutal, it, how silly and brutal of a war that was. You know, just to jump out of those trenches and just go right into gunfire like that—it's crazy. Uh, but that's what they're trying to show in this, and for Conrad to still to do that, you know, I think he is supposed to be kind of the embodied spirit of what the Kingsman is you know of what british nobility and and what you know the courage is supposed to be um it just sucks how it ended because he did everything that he wanted to do like he he proved it he proved it no to he, us. Didn't, he didn't prove anything he to did me. were you are you serious he he, he didn't prove anything to me I, I i mean again i mean maybe maybe i'm, I'm this is this is this is a legit argument maybe it's because i'm a father maybe that's the only reason but when father says, don't touch the stove, it's hot. Conrad is the kid that's going to smile at daddy and touch the stove. Stop that. because That's exactly you, what he does. I understand that. But you're saying here as a father, but you're also forgetting that you were once also a son. Absolutely. But now I have graduated to fatherhood. And this dude is saying, you can't don't forget. do it. That what you were, that, that like the rebellious part of you when someone says, hey, Jordan, you shouldn't do that, and you would do it anyway. Sometimes just because they said you couldn't. Absolutely. And know what the bad thing is? Because I want to talk about World War One in a second because uh, I found this interesting. Um, the bad thing is, is that sometimes, not a lot, right, but when you become a parent yourself, you sit back and you realize, oh, my God, when my parents said this, they weren't doing this to be jerks. They were doing this because it's their job to protect me. I'm dealing, I, I'm dealing with that with my five-year-old girl now. Don't do that. 
don't, 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 don't do. Oh, well, there, well, you lost a tooth. There you go. I get it. I, I mean, I'm not a parent, and I can understand that, especially because you know you think of the stuff that you that you did. Right. That's another reason. Jeez, I'm scared to to ever have a kid because man, I. <laughs> this is the karma that I have to get. They could yeah. do the same thing that I was doing. Ooh, no, we'll we'll pass on that. We don't need to go. And for the record, everybody that's listening, no, my daughter didn't do something to lose a tooth. That was just a just don't get all. She jumps weird off on. the roof. Everybody, she he, Jordan lets her climb up on the roof. Yes, and she does somersaults. Uh, she right off. totally does. Um, I want to make this one little history statement about World War One, uh, and then we'll continue on. Um, there's this awesome documentary on YouTube. Uh, there's this channel where they do um, uh, documentaries, but they're all like um, cartoons, animated, right? Yeah. And uh, it was like an hour and a half long documentary all about the battles and how World War I happened in trench warfare. And I did not know this because I know the wording of no man's land. Like sure. everybody's heard of that. I didn't know, because after this movie, I, I wanted to do research on World War I. I didn't know that no man's land was over 350 miles of trenches. Ooh. Just 350 And what happened was the Germans and the British just... Every day, one would win, one would lose, one would win, one would lose. Just back and forth, back and forth. So they dug into these trenches, and it was over 350 miles, and it lasted the entire war. Yeah, I'm just like, wow, that's fascinating. That's you, really fascinating. You know, like hearing it is one thing, but perspective is always the, the big thing, right? It's always the push. Right. And I think this movie, uh, this this whole franchise does one thing very well, and that's just visual storytelling. They do a very good mm -hmm. job of that, and that might be from a comic point of view or just because of the tone that they're trying to get with this movie. They did that part, just like you said, Jordan, where, remember, they showed, like, the valley of what used to be, like, the village, and then just showed it getting bombed, decimated, this, right. this, this time lapse of what it used to be to the battlefield that it is now. That was pretty cool. It was cool. I mean, that's one thing about this movie that I that I really do like is the visual because it's it, this this is the same people. There's another thing too that I find interesting that people complain about. Oh, this isn't like the other two. It's the same director. It's the same writer. I yeah. mean, it's the same people. We only got like two clear headshots in this one, Conrad and Rasputin. Whereas we <laughs> we would get like <laughs> however many headshots. There was like a double headshot in one of the other uh, ones. Right, right, right. But anyway, so um, Franz Ferdinand gets assassinated. Now, um, I, oh wait a I, second, hold, hold on, I cut you off there. We got a triple headshot in this one. Okay. No, no. Do you remember? Uh, was it? Uh, was it this movie? I'm pretty sure it was. It was uh, uh, the the someone. Did someone? Was the Russians? Oh, I don't know. I've been watching so many movies lately, man. Yeah, I know. So, well, that's the beauty I part of. The winter ending. Um, now, I don't know if this is true because I didn't look it up and I wish I did, but you had three cousins. And I don't know if this is true with World War One, but you have these three cousins and one is like in charge of England. One's in like one's in charge of Germany and one's in charge of Russia. And they're all related. Is that even true? Uh, Twelve years later, Orlando has recruited his two servants and into a spy network dedicated to protecting the kingdom of the British Empire, pushing the Great War. Uh, I'm curious if this is true. I, I'm not too much of a history person to to know about this. So, well, because it's a very interesting dynamic. 
you know, like you having these three. Um, I do know that Rasputin was a real person, uh, and I do know that he pretended to be, you know, a magician, and he got into the uh, headspace of the Russians. I know that was true. By the way, let's talk about Rasputin. We get into our first Kingsman fight, if you will, at this uh, at this dinner, at this gala, at this party, whatever, you know, and we get into an awesome fight with Rasputin. Also, weird vibes because we find – because the beginning of the movie – uh, Ralph Fine gets shot in the leg, so he's limping. And then Ross Buden says that he could heal him, and he takes his pants off, and it's really weird. And then we get into this great fight. I actually enjoyed this fight. This fight was choreographed really well. I enjoyed it. Well, it got some of the uh, kind of that Russian, you know, like a mamushka move there, right? Where it's a lot of the um, the squatting, the the lunges and stuff like that. That's it's rough to do in the spinning. So, yeah, it was it was it was fun. This it was, was funny. This was Kingsman. Yes, 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 yes. This was the girl that had the swords for feet. I mean, like this was this was fun. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this fight. And Ross Buden actually does heal Ralph Fiennes, which I again are they trying to say that Ross Buden was real? I don't know. Well, Ross Buden was a real character. He's historically. Meanie. Yes, historically, but I'm saying, like, was he real? Like, like, you know, did he have something that was special about him, or did he say, "Hey, everybody, what's that over there?" You know, like that kind of thing. Oh, uh, I guess it depends on who you ask, right? Well, I, I guess I guess some of those who I mean, you know, believe him to be a a sorcerer, and those who who don't. Either way, um, it has seemed to be documented that he is a priest that liked to trip a lot. So uh, that is something. Uh, that in the the uh, the research of of because I had to look up like, oh, how did he die? Uh, obviously, I know he didn't get shot in the head like he did in this right. movie. He was uh, hung, I believe. But uh, he, I guess he liked to. I mean, he was tripping. Like him and his his priest crony boys, like they were like just tripping. So, 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 are they saying in in this movie and in history, are they saying that World War One started because the assassination of this Franz Ferdinand guy? Well, yeah, it did. That's, why? That's widely widely known. Historic. Yeah, but why? In this one, it's uh, it's probably done for the same reasons, right? If let's look it up. Let's learn he didn't seem like a, a bad more. guy. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, because I'm just going off of this movie. Like, he didn't seem like a bad guy, right? So, if this, and, God, was he was he the president of of some country in Africa? Was that what he was? Uh, are we really going to use the rest of our time to to talk about? No, uh, we're not. I'm just asking this one part because I'm curious, just for fans and for me, why the death of Franz Ferdinand was the kickstart of one of the biggest wars of all time. I'm just trying to figure that out. Uh, I'll look it up real quick because I don't want to f- <laughs> fearfully say something that would be sound so, so dumb. Uh, well, go ahead. While you're, while you're doing that, um, we get the great fight with Rasputin. I didn't think Rasputin was going to bite it in this scene. I thought he was going to go all the way to the end. I thought he was going to be thrown off the cliff. Didn't happen. Uh, but he gets in this one. And then eventually, like we've established, Conrad – is has has enlisted into the war his dad's upset about it um and i want to talk about the conrad scene but did you find anything yet 
I guess if I wanted to make it real quick for podcast friendly, it's um, the assassination kind of made it so that all the European allies uh, gave them the excuse to uh, defend their alliances and preserve um, and expand their might against uh, an enemy that they already feared was coming. So, okay. Okay. So it was kind of like a perfect storm in a way. It was just kind of the first blood. You know, it was gotcha. is gotcha. kind of what started uh, what was already with tensions rising and just kind of people already on edge. It, it's just kind of what started it. It was the first punch. Okay, cool. So Conrad gets enlisted. He gets into trench warfare. Day one, he's there. And they're like, hey, this dude was a spy. He just got blown up, allegedly. He has secrets, big important secrets. You got to go get him. Um, before that scene though, actually, Eric, one of my favorite shots of the movie is when you have these, this platoon, like maybe 12 dudes, uh, soldiers that are just unnamed soldiers. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and they blow the whistle to leave the trends and to charge and every single one of them gets mauled down. Like that just shows you how serious this stuff is. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's, that's crazy. Right. But anyway, uh, we get the hero moment with with Conrad. I'm thinking at this point, like at at this point, Conrad finds the finds the finds the information. Um, he is having his heroic moment of carrying the survivor on his shoulders and getting back into the trenches. At that moment, I'm like, oh, are they going to kill Ralph Fiennes and Conrad's going to start Kingsman? Because that would make sense, right? I. That's like there was a few different ways of how this was gonna go, and I didn't know how it was. I didn't know how it was gonna go. Like I didn't know. The other thing is too is that there's a lot of employees at the Kingsman, uh, you know, Taylor store already. It's just like, mm-hmm. geez, are all are all these guys just like who are they working for? Is this just like did you just walk into, you know, an Aldi's? You know, just uh, just kind of like, hey, this is my place now. You know, yeah. you guys, you guys seem cool. Like we know each other, right? We're re- I'm a regular here, you know. Yes, actually, that, that's actually how I took it, Eric. Like the Kingsmen Tailor Shop was just literally that. I mean, I mean, these old guys are just working there. Later in the in the well, the other two movies, of course, that store's a front. But I but doesn't doesn't what his face doesn't Ralph finds buy the Kingsmen Tailor Shop in this movie? I mean, yeah, we can assume that um, obviously. If, it's it, he's taking it over, and why not? He's it seems like everywhere else in the Britain at this time they're just going to take over. Yeah, it's fine. They're uh, so used to it, right? They just make up a little store and just like, yes, this is ours now. Well, the moment where I India. where I jumped up, yes. and I went, yes, is when Conrad gets down to the trench, and everybody's like, oh my god, Conrad, thank you so much for for getting these you know these these plans, these spies. And oh my God, you you saved a person. You're a hero. And then this whole time, he said he was somebody that he wasn't. And an Irish guy, I believe, was like, "You're not Scottish." Scottish. The Scottish guy's like, "You're not." Blah blah blah. He's my friend, and I can't find him. And he shoots Conrad in the face. And I was like, "Yes, Conrad's dead." I was so happy Conrad died because he was so annoying. Again, you and I saw this character differently. I saw this character. <laughs> the reason why I have the reaction I do is because I see Conrad as a character that just doesn't listen. I mean, putting your hand on the stove because your parents said no is one thing. 
But when you're talking about war and your parents are like, don't do that. I mean, yes, thank you. I'm clapping because this guy deserted. He was annoying. And I, my wife you know shares you, my opinion. You say it the different way because of the same part. Because of his actions, he got the the spy stuff to uh, the army and helped end the war, right? Help for the to, to end the war right there, too. So if anything, I'm saying you're seeing it as, as a kid touching the stove. I'm seeing it as your boy, Aaron Rodgers, thinking, all right, screw it. Uh, uh, Devonta Adams down there somewhere. I'm just gonna throw a hail mary, you know. Okay. Take, gotta take the risk. If you okay, want to win, you gotta take the risk. And he wanted to win. He wanted to to have this goal, and he we went all for it. He wanted to swim all the way. He didn't leave anything for the trip back. Okay, fine. He wanted to win, and guess what? He didn't. He didn't win past his twenties. Congratulations, you're dead. Shot in the face, you're dead. You're done. Therefore, you cannot go on to further your father's legacy. You cannot go on to help make the Kingsmen better. It is your death because yeah. you're a defiant little brat. It doesn't matter because the spy stuff was the, the villain sent a female spy to the White House to seduce Calvin Woodrow. Cool. Woodrow. Woodrow Wilson. Okay. And... America will not go into the war because the president knows of this tape, correct? And if and if he enters the war, then they release the tape and he's you know, he's oh my god, you know. Yeah, right? he, he loses yes, he he loses the uh the backing. Now, I know that's not true, but for the sake of just for my pure entertainment, let's just say that actually did happen because I could believe that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. Gonna, no, but uh, you know, okay, you know, we've we've come this far. Mm -hmm. So towards the end of the movie here, we get our um, cast of characters here of the people who were the origins of the Kingsmen. We got Ralph Fiennes. We got Merlin. We got the sharpshooter chick. She was really fun. I really liked her character a lot. I don't I don't remember her name, but Polly. she was Polly. I liked Polly. Gina liked Polly. My wife liked Polly. She was fun. They find out who the uh, where the evil villain's uh, base is. They have this plan. We get into Ralph Fiennes in a plane, just shenanigans. He gets into the into the wings of the plane. Fun action scene. Um, and then we get into the big reveal. He gets into a sword fight with the villain, who was the right hand man of the British ambassador. British. I don't know, but we've seen this guy in the background before in the movie. Yeah. Um, My wife called it out, by the way. She said, oh, I, it's this guy. Was this shocking to you? Uh, not necessarily. Well, the entire time I'm kind of guessing who this, this character is. And there was like some guesses of like a James McAvoy, you know, like he seemed to be kind of, an, you know, there or maybe even like a Dominic West, you know, just just some rando that would just be making appearance, which is not too far off in, in the Kingsman no. world. I can just see it just being just some random, just like, oh, it's it's him, you know, yeah. it's like, why, you know, but um, no, for have it be, what's his name, Matthew Good, um, it's just like, yeah, sure. Uh, uh, yeah, actually. Oh, guy from the beginning of the movie. Huh, okay. Yeah, guy in the beginning of the movie that said a couple lines and moved on. I was expecting something uh, big too, Eric. Yeah, because is his name? Because 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 the villain of the second movie was Julian Moore. So it's just like 
yeah. you know, like it. Plus, the second movie had Channing Tatum. Like you're expecting, like you said, like you know, somebody that was gonna be. But it was fine though. Big action set piece. Well, the big uh, thing the reveal is because we thought that Morton was dead is because uh, earlier in the movie he and Tywin Lannister, um, that guy's name, uh, let me get his name. His name's uh, Kitchener, uh, Charles Dance. Um, they were supposed to uh, kind of take efforts to end the war early, right? And they were going to travel to Russia or something like that? Um, yes, they were going to travel, yes. To do this thing on their own. And originally, Conrad was going to go, but they persuaded uh, him to not. And so on that, uh, Morton got seasick, right? He went uh, up deck to, to kind of get some air, um, which we thought was when uh, the torpedo um, hit the boat and killed them, uh, everybody on board. But actually, he, when he was um, on deck, he was getting on the lifeboat and escaping, and with his wig because he's actually bald. Yes, yeah, so his da. wig. And then the submarine that blew up the boat actually picked him up. Um, rough waters, so that must have been pretty hard to do. But uh, yeah, exactly because he also blew up a boat too. But anyway. Uh, and, and they did that, and that's where he revealed, like, it was me all along. I have a legitimate question before we get into the actual end in our in our popcorn rating. Just one? Is, yeah, just one question. Okay. Why are we praising, having fun, talking in detail about this movie with all of its ridiculousness, with the time period that it's set in, but then we bash on Will Smith and Wild Wild West. Think about that question. You know what I'm trying to say? Well, like, I'll tell you that right now, actually, because the one disappointing thing about this movie is the gadgets. There weren't... They, this franchise is known for its gadgets. The one thing that everyone likes in a James Bond movie is obviously when he meets with Q and gets his gadgets. Right. Like, that's that's it's an iconic part of, of this storytelling is or of, of any spy movie is the gadget and, and any any spy movie the tuxedo you know, get smart I, I, I'm spy hard all right i can keep on going but i but i won't get smart anyway <laughs> but this movie has a surprisingly a huge like just void of all the gadgets that we'd known because in the first two we get a lot of it we get a lot of gadgets Right, you know, and this one there really wasn't a whole lot. There was a parachute was the big one, right? Maybe, or a, a gun blade. I think that was, um, but that was used by the bad guy. Even it wasn't even used by any of the good guys. Uh, it's nineteen seventeen, but like, what gadgets are we gonna get? It, well, in Wild Wild West, they were able to use a man's head as a projector. Right, which is why I'm saying is that is that why are we going? I mean, like, I mean, this movie's ridiculous in a lot of its stuff. It's like, why well, can we? Wild Wild West did went more is that what it is is that wild wild west just went in that whole jump the shark scenario of like this is technology I, well hold on now they had a projector in the evil henchman's barn layer did they have projectors in 1917 there was a giant mech spider did they have projectors in 1917 uh yes okay all right, fine, the spider. I'm just asking. I'm not defending the movie. I, I, I'm not going to get into Wild Wild West. I just thought about it when I was watching this movie going, 
you know, why do people hate on that movie with this ridiculousness? And this movie is supposed to be taking place in the early 1900s, and there's some ridiculous stuff. Yeah. I, I, I was, I'm just trying to figure out why. And I thought it's because people hated Will Smith, which because I'm a part of that camp. But this is but. another thing where we can't start picking, nitpicking a little part of – Okay. Of, you know, uh, of a ridiculous movie. <laughs> okay. All right. Fine. Fair enough. This is a question I had. All right. So the end of the movie, of course, obvious. My wife called it. I called it. I'm sure you did. The villain uh, is revealed. Ralph Fiennes and him are in a sword fight. They get to the edge of the cliff. Somebody's going to fall off. It's not going to be Ralph Fiennes. Villain gets thrown off the cliff. Everything is great. He 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 sits down with the British intelligence people and says, "We're going to create our own thing." This is the Kingsman. We are not even MI6. We're different than that. And they're like, yes, yes, you are. And then it's like, here we go. Credits. Yeah. That was the movie. Uh, so let's get into it. Eric, what is your popcorn rating? I'm actually really interested in your opinion of the Kingsman. Honestly, um, small bag on this one. I, I, I listen. I like the Kingsman. I like the first two. Um, this one was not the first two. This one was a different movie. And it was an origin story. Uh, the characters are are fine. I uh, I'll say one of them's Ralph Fine. Uh, nice. Oh, that was good. That was good. <laughs> End the show right there. There's Goodbye. no coming. See you later. That was it, good. Uh, but like the characters are are exaggerated enough to where it's fun. Rasputin and Morton. Uh, Conrad uh, just being kind of the silly doughy-eyed uh, doe boy that doughy <laughs> doe-eyed boy that just kind of looks you know uh, so innocent like oh father it's it's all just a simple story but like the thing of it is is that there wasn't the gadgets there was only one of the fights that I wanted it was a lot of storytelling it was a long movie yeah, it was well. over two hours and it's I, I just like I think I, I was so used to the other two, and I had kind of gone into this movie with that expectation, thinking that it's just going to be okay. Great, I'm going to be able to watch some some dudes in three piece suits just beat some butt for uh, a solid uh, ninety minutes, and we're going to call it a day. But we got more of. Um, let me tell you of how this whole thing started first. I'm just like, I'd rather you not. Can we just get to to the part? And then the bad guy just, a lot of it just seemed, I don't know, like the parachuting into the into the island is just kind of like, I don't know. It's like, they're going to see you, man. Like, first off, it's an airplane. Like, you know, they're in a quiet, like remote part of where South Africa, you know, like South America, wherever the hell they are, in a mountain. It's like, you're going to, you're going to hear that. Like any airplane miles away, hundreds of miles, I mean, not hundreds, tens, you know, above you, you're going to hear that. And then to, like, fly, it just seemed, but whatever, I'm nitpicking about the ridiculous thing about a ridiculous movie, right? Uh, okay. Yeah. So, cutting back, dialing it down just to the simple part, small bag because it wasn't the other two movies. It was an origin movie, that's fine. I didn't want that. I wanted... A shorter movie with more action. You don't need to, to give me the whole Conrad and the whole wife thing. Give me a few sentences about that. I don't need to see it. Um, the whole Conrad storyline. I actually agree with you, Jordan, is that we didn't need a whole lot of him. No. We we really didn't. Like, you established who he was 
and what he was there to do pretty early. So a lot of those scenes with him were really kind of pointless. If you were supposed to feel for him, um, it, it, it's fine because we were supposed to feel more for Ralph Fiennes, right? And the, him mm-hmm. losing it rather than him dying. Although it was kind of a surprise that he died. But um, again, we kind of... That's it. I'm rambling now. Okay. All right, small bag. Uh, for me... Okay, so I don't know if I ever kind of specified this to you, and I don't know if the fans would get this. For a movie, for me, just personally, to get above a small, like a medium or a large, there has to be something called replayability. Yeah. Where I will say to myself, you know what? I think I want to watch this movie. Or if I'm on YouTube TV and it was DVR'd and three years later, oh my God, hey, you know, click. Um, and I thought about this and I thought about this and that's why I kind of wanted to specif- be specific on what I said at the beginning of the movie, how it just, my expectations were gone. Um, this movie, I feel, does not have any replayability. So therefore, I'm going to get it a small as well. Mm-hmm. I do not have a desire to go back and watch this movie or any of the scenes on YouTube compared to the other two. But this movie did meet it. I was expecting to give it a – I was Eric, I was expecting to give it a no bag. This thing, like you said, has been delayed eight times, meaning COVID or just a crap movie, right? Mm-hmm. So I was I was expecting the worst. It wasn't the worst. There's just no replay value, and it's okay. It does what it needs to do. Um, I find it ridiculous and fun. Um, I guess according to IMDb within the trivia that this movie's not so far off from the truth with historic accuracy. So I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Let's pick that apart later in life, you know. Um, but it was fine. Um, I think the reason why they did this prequel is because uh, the character who plays Eggsy was too busy playing uh, Elton John in that movie. Uh, so, Rocket Man, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I, part four, of course, is going to be modern time and go from there. So it's okay. It's it's okay. It's not bad. If you're a fan of the series, then you definitely got to see it. If you're not, you can skip it because it adds nothing for you. You don't get the magical umbrellas, the magical glasses. Eric is right. There is no technology in this at all to make you go, oh. So with that being said, small bag for me, small bag for Eric. It's okay. Talk about the mid-credit Hitler scene. What? I didn't see that. Yeah, and the mid-credit scene, because there was one, but I'm sure that once this movie ended, just just like me, Jordan, you turned it off and just like, okay. Yeah, it was, it was okay. There is, there's a Hitler scene? Directed by, click, turn that one off real quick. Uh, yeah, at the end, the mid-credit scene, um, the guy, uh, uh, the, the German guy. Um, right, okay, the cousin German guy. No, the, the part who was the, the henchman. Um, who's been in other movies? Who's in Inglorious Bastards? Uh, sure. You know sure. what I'm talking about? Sure, yes. He was in uh, Falcon Winter Soldier? Yes. That guy. That guy. Um, he's taken on the Shepherd identity now. He's taken it over, and he's talking to Lennon, and he introduces Lennon to Adolf Hitler. We actually see Adolf Hitler? A young Adolf Hitler. 
Oh my god. That was stupid. That's stupid. Oh, maybe not. He was the one in Adolf Hitler. I think it was the one that killed uh, Romanoff. The right. The guy with the mustache. That's stupid. Is it stupid? I don't know. That makes it have to. Is it a no bag now? I don't know. No, no. It's, it's just no. it's just silly, and it just stupid. reminder that it's a comic thing. I don't. I, I don't know. You know, it's, it's just. Stupid. I don't know. I actually really enjoyed this review. I hope everybody's listening who enjoyed this review. Eric, every time we review, it's always fun for me. If you can, if you like you people who are listening to us now, especially you in California, the number one state for 2022 is down. All two of you. More than that, add a couple zeros after that. Thank you so much. Um, but we that must be all of our uh, Hollywood listeners, right? Yes. Yes. All the. All the big names are Tom Hanks is, is, is a fan. Um, if you enjoy this episode that you're listening to and you have never listened to our episodes before, check us out at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. That's our main site, but you can find us on any other platform where you get your podcast from. iHeartRadio, Spotify, um, Pandora, list goes on, Amazon Music. Uh, we're on every platform you can think of for where you get your uh, podcast from. I appreciate everybody who's listening. Eric, I know you do too. So thank you so much. And like always, we'll be back next Thursday for another awesome episode of Movie Guys Podcast. Have a good night.